Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 155th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. I just woke up from a nap. How was your nap? No, it was glorious. It was glorious. The reason why I took a nap was because I woke up technically this morning in a, on the West Coast. Um, I took a red eye last night, but I mean, I, it was tough because they said that, that they were going to put on like the, uh, the, the dim lights so that everyone could sleep. Yeah. But they were basically these neon blue lights that were on the cabin. So it still felt really bright, even though, uh, it was meant to like simulate nighttime. I don't know why they do that, to That's be honest. Whack. Yeah. Like at least when we flew back from Brazil, it was dark. I mean, it was oh, dark-ish. God. Dark-ish. But the freaking, the stat, like the, the whatever residual lights from these stupid CRT TVs. Yeah. <laughs> I could see yeah. that through my eyelids. I don't know why. I was so annoyed right. on that flight. Yeah. So this flight, I didn't know this. Uh, a flying out there was five and a half hours. Yeah. Flying back was four hours and 45 minutes. Wow. It's that big of a difference. Yeah, I guess the tailwind was crazy. And so we, I mean, I left Seattle like 11.30 p.m. local time. And then we got here at like 6.45. Like I was in a cab at 7 a.m. And I was in my place by 8 a.m. Which I really appreciate. I like taking the Saturday red eye. Because you basically get all of Saturday. You weren't really going to be doing much on Sunday anyways. And I didn't want to take a Sunday red eye for obvious reasons. And good thing because Seattle's playing at home, uh, and that their home game would be at 530. So because my friend Nicole lives between like the stadium and the airport, that would have been a mess. So let me yeah. tell you about, let me tell you about how the, the trip went down and some things I learned about Seattle. Yeah. Can you, you, this isn't your first time visiting Seattle. You visited me out in Seattle. Now I feel like, Based off of what you told me, which was like uh, maybe five words, um, your experience in Seattle was very different than my experience in Seattle, and I was there for three months. Right. So I don't know what your experience was in Seattle. I don't know what you did every day in Seattle. Um, I felt like you went to the lab slash work, and then you kind of came home. Yep. That was Uh, it. it. Right. Okay. So my friend lives in Belltown. She lives in a really nice building. Uh, wait, we're, we're getting ahead. We're jumping ahead already. Um, so I'm in, I, I, uh, I'm in JFK and what's crazy was I left my apartment on Thursday at 2 PM. Somehow there was massive traffic to JFK. It took over an hour and I was texting you when that was going on. And I was like, why is there so much traffic? Before rush hour, so I had I was starting the trip a little perturbed, and I get in line for TSA pre-check, and I think to myself, why is the TSA pre-check line so long compared to Sky Priority, compared to the standard? But that was just an optical illusion. The line looked like it was wrapping on itself, but it diverged later. I'm in the I'm at the part of security where I've put my bag on the on the thing. The uh, what's it called? Uh, What's that? The little conveyor belt, whatever it is. Thank you, the conveyor belt. I, I've taken my coat off. I didn't have to do that. 
yada yada. So I walk, um, I walk through the first one, which is sort of like, hey, just walk right through, you should be good. But my left boot, uh, triggers something, so they gotta, you know, they're trying to like put their <laughs> finger in my boot, whatever, whatever. That happened go, to Sir, you before. Yeah, they go, you gotta, we're gonna scan your boot, you gotta walk through. So I'm like, alright. I gotta wait in line for that 360 scan thing where you gotta put your hands at an angle above your head. Yep. So there's this older lady and an older man in front of me. I'm sure it's a couple. They seem excited that they're going somewhere. He's wearing like a fishing jacket, so I'm, you know, I'm assuming they're gonna be doing something fun. Now, when she goes in to the container, whatever, the, the scanner, you know how, like, it's almost like, you know, wait three seconds. It's sort of... Super whooshes, quick. Right. It whooshes around you, yep. and then you're good. Just as this thing is about to whoosh, she starts, like, shaking her hips. And it's almost like she's dancing, and she sort of, like, was f- listening or feeling some beat that none of us could hear. And then the man goes, uh, Miss, what are you doing? <laughs> and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just really excited. You know, we were I'm traveling, you know, yada, yada. She goes, this sounds like Lena, by the way. I got to tell you, right? Like just dancing to music in her head. Maybe yeah. not, maybe not in this particular location. It's not, it's not the time to do it. You know, this is super serious time. Right. What gave it away that it was serious? Uh, you're going through TSA checking. You're, you're, you're going through security. You don't, you, right. this is, this is a very serious moment. Keep your serious face on, no jokes. When the TSA agents try to make jokes to me, I'm like, nah, dude, I'm going through this. I'm, I'm going through security. It's not time for that. Right. I don't know you. Yeah. And your jokes you. ain't, your jokes ain't funny. Yeah. I appreciate that you're trying to like, you know, liven up the mood, make, make the best of the, of a kind of a just crappy situation just because no one likes going through security. But nah, this is serious time, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> she, so she goes, well, we, we got to scan you again. And then she's sort of, it's almost like she can't keep still. She's so excited. And I'm just standing there, like with my hands, with my arms crossed, just looking at her like, are you, are you like that in your own head right now that you think that you're in airport TSA security line and you can just, it's almost like, oh man, I can't control myself right now. It's like, it's not like you got a nervous tick. It's not like you got a condition. You're dancing to something that's in your head and you can't like compose yourself for the three seconds it takes to get scanned. So she somehow makes it through. You know, we're just letting anyone ride airplanes now. So she gets through. Her husband walks in and puts his hands up and there's like, he goes, uh, sir, what do you have in your pockets? Because it seemed like he got peppered when that thing went around. And he goes, oh, you mean my wallet, my cell phone, my car keys, my change? <laughs> you mean then, everything that they tell you to take out? You mean everything they tell you to take out? He goes, oh, I just kept it in my pocket. I didn't know that I needed to do that. You didn't know you needed to do that. I could do that. This is this sounds like a Dave Chappelle joke. Right? I didn't know I couldn't do that. I don't know where you've been. I don't know if you haven't flown in a while. I feel like taking stuff out of your pockets and going through a metal detector is is an experience that's not limited to the airplane. So, the man asked, the TSA man asked, well, give me your stuff. And he goes, no, I'll hold it in my hand. 
He goes, sir, give me your stuff. And so he goes, okay. And then he gets through. And then I walk through, and I don't say anything. I'm not dancing. I don't have anything in my pockets. I put my hands up, and I walk right through. And then as I'm waiting for my shoe to come through, I hear this old lady. And uh, she was like, not in a wheelchair, but, you know, somebody was pushing her along. Somebody that was working at the airport was pushing her along. And she was taking her sweet time coming out of the 3D scanner. So the porter guy asked her, hey, what airline and flight are you on? So she responds with, I'm on so-and-so flight. And he goes, miss, your flight's going to take off in five minutes. And she goes, what? No. They won't take out take off without me. <laughs> I was oh, like, okay, I, buddy. Okay. I'm I'm standing here like, you know what? Have none of you people flown before? Ever? This is some privilege. This is some privilege that's being exhibited in front of me right now that you think in a TSA security line that the first two can do what they want against protocol and like be okay with it. And then this woman just saying like, oh, unless your name, unless your last name is Delta Airlines, the plane's <laughs> going to take off if you're not on it. You know what I mean? Like we're not even talking about boarding at this point. We're talking about the plane is ready for departure in five minutes. And she was just like, nah, dude, like they ain't going to take off without me. Chill. And it's, it was almost like she was like just moseying in her way. Like she would, she had gone to the bathroom in the middle of the night. All the lights are off. She's sort of holding the wall shimmying back to bed like th- there was no sense of urgency so i called you you know you missed her you know she missed her flight right there's no way I that she made she that did. flight i hope she did um but i called you when i was walking away i was like dude i got three jj reddick stories for you right now and i'll let the listeners sort of determine why i call them jj reddick stories but that was my favorite part when at the very end i was like wait why do, so wait, why are these jj reddick stories <laughs> anyway i'll be like where's like, you be the judge why they're J.J. Reddick stories, mm-hmm. or T.J. McConnell stories, or <laughs> Dara Sarge stories, or Christophe Porzinga stories. <laughs> um, you know, so so that that was that. I get on the plane. Uh, I watched Wonder Woman, so I finally knocked that off. Oh shoot, I forgot about. It. I need to watch that too. Well, it's pretty good. It's I'm, all right. I'm sure it'll be on HBO soon, so I'll yeah, wait. I'm, I'll tell you this. I'm happy I didn't spend the seventeen dollars because that would have been pre movie pass. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm really happy I didn't do that. Yep. Um. So I land in Seattle. Um. Get into a uh, an Uber. And what was funny was when you're waiting for an Uber. I didn't know this, and I'll. But I was, I was like, okay, I've got uh, a Prius, and I'm looking at these uh, license plate numbers. So as I'm waiting in the drop off area, that's designated for like app writing services. There's like one Prius goes by. Go, oh, wait, is that mine? No, it's not mine. Second one, is that mine? No, it's not mine. Reza, then I started realizing, wait, why is there one Prius, two Prius, red Prius, blue Prius? Like, there were 17 Priuses that came in a row before mine came in. And I was like, I, wa- I got into the car and I went to the guy and go, dude, why are there so many Priuses? He started laughing. He goes, oh, it's because there's a law that states that, you know, you have to have these uh, eco-friendly cars um, if you're going to do like this ride sharing stuff, or if you're going to pick people up at the airport, if you're going to be a standing car or whatever, I don't know the exact wording of the law. Basically, 
if you're driving an Uber, you're going to the airport, you got to be in a Prius, basically, which I thought was hysterical. Found out that the driver was from Somalia, and he brought his family over about six years ago. Dude has six kids. And I go, dude, that's great. Like, I'm happy that you have this healthy family, yada, yada. And he goes, you think I have a big family? Ask. He goes, guess how many kids my uncle has? And I go, well, if your uncle's still in Somalia, I don't, like, I don't know, 15? (laughs) He goes, 42. What? His uncle has four wives. He's 87. What? Has 42 kids. I was like, you... Somebody better tell your uncle to pull out, man, because we cannot have this anymore. His uncle's 87 years old. The youngest kid is four years old. That That's just insane. It's not a good look. I don't know. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Yeah. I was like, I feel like when you've, re- when you've birthed a small level company or small size company, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're good. Could you imagine when those family reunions? How about this? Like the fact that his his oldest and his youngest children have to be like a good thirty years apart. Well, they don't have to be, but they could be twenty or thirty years age difference. Yeah, you got nothing in common with that person. It's crazy. You basically every mom is the head of a division at this company. Yeah. Um. So I show up. At, uh, he was a great guy, great driver, um, showed up at Nicole's place and she lives in Belltown, uh, which is a little bit, I, it's like right next to downtown, right? You might know the neighborhoods a little bit better than I do since you live there for a bit. I don't know that particular area so well just because I never found myself out there too often. Because you were, you were in Queen Anne, right? I was in, um, Magnolia. Oh, okay. Which is close to Queen Anne. I believe it's like right across the little, river or whatever yeah bridge yeah because every time we drove we had to get on that bridge to get to where you guys were in the residential area yeah she lived in i guess really close to central business district she's a couple blocks away from her office she lives on the 26th floor of like 28 floors she has a view of the water it's crazy and when we went onto her roof which was like a 360 degree roof it felt like I could touch the Space Needle. Like, that's how close we were. There wasn't any tall buildings in the middle between us and the Space Needle. Space Needle, they're currently adding a glass floor to it. So they oh, wrapped... Oh, wow. They wrapped, like, some dumb messaging around us. So you really... There, there was no reason to go to the Space Needle, you know? But first night, uh, we went and we got food at this place called, like, Tavoletta, which is this Italian place. And it was great. Uh, I think the most... I mean, the two things I was looking forward to doing was just spending time with my friend and eating. I didn't have any, like, hikes planned because it was raining all weekend. And the funny thing about rain was, I, you know, you think, like, oh, Seattle rains all the time, yada, yada. But what was crazy was this was the first weekend in a long time that they had had rain. And so 10 days prior and 10 days after this weekend, it's, like, really nice in Seattle. I just decided to choose the one that... The weather dipped by like 10, 15 minutes yep. and, uh, uh, 10, 15 de- uh, degrees and it got mad cold. So I have that going for me. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like, but it was fine in the sense that we just Ubered everywhere and everywhere that we really wanted to go was within like a really short Uber distance. Uh, you'll laugh, but, 
so I didn't drink anything that first night, but I drank a lot the second night, which is totally out of like character, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. So the first night we basically ate and then we chilled out in her place. We played a lot with like her Alexa, mach- uh, her Amazon, um, was it Echo? Yeah. Is what'd you, what'd you think of it? It's dumb. <laughs> it's like not ready yet because you have to say things like very clearly and the right mm-hmm. way and, it has false um, positives too. You'll be having a conversation like that. Exactly. I've been to my friend's place uh, a couple of times and we're just going to be kind of like, you know, talking over dinner. And then all of a sudden you'll just hear a voice. You're like, what the fuck is that? And it's Alexa. And she's like trying to like look something up that is really random and makes no sense at all. You know, like, this is just, this is just, cre- it's just creepy, you know, because it, it catches you off guard. You're not expecting this voice to just start speaking to you. Yeah. So first night, sort of in the books, really clean. Oh, we visited like a tiki bar nearby, and I got a mocktail. So basically like a fruit smoothie. So, you know, still no drinking. Uh, I say that like, you know, I was like, at any point, I could fall off the wagon. Um, But the next morning, we went to this breakfast spot. And dude, let me tell you, man, they had this banging breakfast sandwich. I... Obviously, don't remember what it was called, but the sandwich is called like the Bialy, B-I-A-L-Y breakfast sandwich. It's on like a house-made roll that they got that is, it's got like some, I think, either sesame seeds or, or some other kind of seed on top of it. But they basically have like an egg in the middle of it, some goat cheese, some sun-dried tomatoes, and some onions, and you can get it with or without um, without meat. And we got it without meat. And let me tell you, man, uh, it is incredible. It is a great sandwich. And so we were feeling good. We walked down to Pike Place. We, I mean, she needed to buy some things for the apartment. We went to like Sur La Table. What was crazy was I remember when you took me to Pike Place, the line for the Starbucks was around the corner. Yeah, it was stupid. It's it just so for the, stupid. it's just like, it's, it's not because it's the Starbucks there is any better or anything like that. It's just because it's the first one. Right. And when I went, there was like three people in line. I don't know why. I don't know where everyone in town went or where all of the, uh, <laughs> I guess because it's not summer. That had to be it, right? Probably. It just, there was no line. So she goes, do you want to go in and grab something? And I go, I mean, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I might have, maybe I should have. I don't know, but. I didn't feel like like the like a total need to do. So, yeah, of course. Um, and then we went to this place nearby. I think it was called Honest Biscuits. And what was great about that place was they had like twelve different biscuits on on hand, and we had just eaten a breakfast sandwich like maybe an hour ago. And then I told her the only rule that we're going to live by this weekend is all carbs all the time. And so she goes, hey, let's get some – should we get some biscuits? And I go, hell yeah, we should get some biscuits. So we got like two like stupid big biscuits. One of them we got strawberry jam. The other one we got some butter and we sat there and we ate some biscuits for a little bit. We walked into Pioneer Square, got some coffee. We did some shopping in like all these like super white stores. Um, like uh, like they're all like these local brands. Uh, but it was – it was fun. I mean, there was there was two things I may have picked up, but I didn't. 
or I would have picked up one of them being like the black on black uh, snapback hat, except the uh, it's got an American flag on the front. Except uh, where the stars go, it's got the it's got a big ass like bear. So I think that's the it's almost like the uh, the California flag. Yeah, which would have been really cool. And then we started. I started seeing all of these uh, bags, like these uh, natural material bags. Like uh, it's almost not hemp, but they were brown. Very. It's almost, and they're not wicker either. But uh, I'm really having a hard time describing this. And it's not. Uh, what's like that? Uh, the what's it called? The uh, the brown, not, not not string or rope that you you use to like tie things together with sometimes, um, but it, it it felt like what rope is made out of. The, you know you know what I'm talking about? I Just think like regular so. rope. Yeah. Uh, but the company is called Apolis, A P O L I S, and they basically have all these people in Bangladesh creating like these sustainable bags, and they have one that's the market bag. Uh, and they have three lines of text, and so most of them had like Seattle, Washington, USA. But when I went onto the website, they had them for like almost every major city. So you had ones for Philadelphia, you had ones for Miami, you had ones for Paris and Stockholm, and you almost. Uh... And then when I, I found out the last one is you can create your own. So three lines of text, fourteen characters each. I'm thinking like it'd be funny if I made one that said bacon and eggs and cheese and coffee and you know just something funny like that. It's just because it'd be nice to take this to the grocery store and not have to pick up all these plastic bags all the time. You know what I mean? It would just be nice to have one bag yeah. and just have to fit everything in every time. Um. So I would have bought that, but I also don't need a bag that says from Seattle, and they didn't have one that says – and I don't want to buy one that says New York when I live in New York. Like they have one that says Upper West Side, New York City, USA, but Uh-oh. that's kind of weird, right? Yeah, you don't, need to, you don't need to be like putting that out there. I don't need to be – I don't need to be telling you where I'm from. Yeah, there's no need for that, but it would be cool to make your own custom one. I just checked out their website. Yeah, you can just make your own custom one, which but, would be cool. Like, like what would you call that material? Or rather, what do they say the material is made out of? That's what I was actually looking for, and I didn't see it in any obvious place. Um, okay. But what if you clicked on a bag? It like it, – it just seems like – I'll do that. But it just seems more or less like the type of material like uh, that you would uh, – you would like a sack of potatoes would be in almost. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, burlap. Burlap, yeah. Yeah, it's got a burlap sort of consistency to it or a texture to it. Um, so then we, you know, we decided to walk back and the rain had just hit. So we decided what, uh, you know, we should just relax for a little bit before we go out to dinner. And then we were going to go to this French place for dinner, but, uh, in Capitol Hill. But right, but before we did that, we went to this, crazy starbucks it's called the roastery have you heard of this google starbucks roastery i've never heard of this dude it's like a dude it's like a high-end bar in a sense except you can roast coffee this one actually had a bar and like a bakery built into it and people were just like chilling in it um but you can see them like roasting coffee beans like on a industrial on an industrial scale interesting yeah it's, yeah. um, they have one that's coming to New York. They have one that's already in Shanghai and Seattle. 
and we found this sweater that was like the softest sweater known to man and it said espresso yourself and i was like that's funny is it fifty dollars funny i don't know it's fifty dollars funny but it's fifty dollars soft as hell so we almost bought one but they didn't have it in the cold size um and then we started walking down to uh the french spot and the french spot uh was gonna be about an hour and a half wait so we're like all right let's put our name down but they, they recommend that we go next door and that the restaurant's connected. So, yeah, why don't you go next door, grab a drink, and uh, maybe you get some food there. Maybe not, but we'll, we'll have your name down. So we go next door, and Nicole's like, I want to do oysters. And I go, hell yeah, we can do oysters. So we uh, there was about five oysters on hand that we started with. And we bas- I basically told – I was like, chief, we're going to go with uh, two each, run them all the way down. And then we're going to get, like, some of these duck fat fries, and we're going to split a quarter pound of burger. Um, and this way, because we figured we'd want to eat some other stuff from other places, why don't we just get a little bit here, get grab the check, and go? And I actually really like that idea when you're traveling. Instead of finding one big place to get dinner, if it's possible, if you're going to a neighborhood that's got a ton of, like, small eats or whatever, I think it would be nice to grab a few small things, everyone gets a bite, and then you go and try something new. So the we're sitting at the bar and it's like a wraparound bar. It's a nice bar. It's a it's a pretty quiet spot. And Nicole had warned me that people in Seattle don't dress up uh, to go out. And I go, well, what does dressing up mean? Yeah, I feel like it depends, right? Because what does what does dressing up mean? Does dressing up mean like are we like putting on button-ups and pants like you know like like slacks or whatever she goes just just you wait and see and so basically what it turns out is everyone just likes to wear you know t-shirts hoodies sweaters maybe some like flannel and uh like cargo pants jeans yada so it's like super casual you know i guess compared to new york you're not going to be wearing certain things you're going to be wearing a lot more black and i think Nicole and I still have that residual bit whenever we travel, which is like most of our wardrobe is pretty dark. Um, but I didn't feel like we stood out per se in terms of what we wore. But what was interesting was when we were sitting at the corner of the bar, there was a couple of tables that were either behind us, or around us in the corner of the restaurant that would like look over. And you know how sometimes when you're speaking in a crowded restaurant, you'll catch somebody's eye and it's like awkward, but not too awkward because if it's a crowded restaurant, everyone's looking around, right? Like you're not beholden to just staring at Elena in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. But there's also the end of the spectrum where you can tell somebody's watching you versus someone who's just glancing around and you happen to lock eyes. You know what I mean? And the way we found out about this one corner table that was the most egregious was first there was one guy looking at us. And then the guy next to him also joined in. And then the woman across from them joined in. And then their two friends joined in. And it was like they would look for a little bit and then they would look away. And I could see this out of my periphery when I was talking to Nicole because I had to face her. And then you see like two heads come over. It was almost like meerkats. And then maybe four heads come over for like three seconds. And there was a couple of times where I just stared at them and was like, what? Yeah, what, what do you want? Yeah. And I saw that with like, and it was crazy was they were like our age. Like you ain't, you had never seen a black girl out. You had never seen an Asian guy out. Like we're in Seattle right now. Right. And that just, I just started to get really heated because it made me uncomfortable. Almost like I shouldn't be here. 
And I can, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I can totally understand it when you get older folks just giving you the once over, like, huh, this is neat that these people are hanging out. <laughs> I almost kind of feel that way sometimes when you and I hang out back home at Hank's place. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you got the locals and you're like, what would bring these two together? Interesting. I don't know that these people live in our neighborhood type of thing. And especially when our groups get big, like when we went bowling this past uh, Thanksgiving, like if our table that sat at the IHOP sat at the Hank's place, I'm sure people coming in and be like, oh, interesting. Where, what, uh, what's uh, going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. So if it was one table, it would have been fine. But it was a couple tables and the one table was really egregious about it. So I'm like, I'm like on the DL while we're eating. I was like, yo, Nicole, you, you feel that right now? <laughs> she goes, don't worry. I get it all the time. And, wow. and I don't, yeah. And I mean, I'm not trying to get on no soapbox right now, but to like experience it like this and to know that she's experiencing this all the time, I don't, that's got to be privilege on my end to be like, yo, I did not know that. You lived like this all the time. And I mean, you've seen Nicole. We, when we went to Blue Hill, she's got the natural hair up. It's big. It's, I mean, we take up space. And she goes, I'm just practicing on taking up space because it always feels like I'm not welcome in the space. And she's not doing anything, you know, harmful or insulting to anybody. She just like, she just wants to own the space that she's in. And I go, all right, I'm going to try and do that too. You know, we're not talking loudly. I'm not saying nothing inappropriate. We're just having dinner at the bar. Um, but but that really left a weird taste in my mouth. And I wish it ended there, but we walked two blocks down to get some, like, tacos right after this. Yeah. And, dude, this place. So the first place, um, let me pull out my phone real quick. Because if you're ever back in that part of town, like, it's actually really, it was actually really, really good. And we, it wasn't really on our uh sort of original plan to do it. It was called Bar Melazine. M-E-L-U-S-I-N-E. Um, Lauren Klinger is the uh, chef de cuisine. Avery Harden is the sous chef. And the quarter pounder burger was phenomenal. It's a small burger. It's almost like an extra large slider. But I'm glad it wasn't too big because this way, Nicole and I got the split half and then we got to continue to eat more food without feeling like totally grossed out. Um, the place is dope though. Like now that I've got my, my confidence back or whatever, I wouldn't mind going back and just like you, but you also can't say nothing though. You know what I mean? Like this, this table of five isn't like staring at you all night. What are you going to do? You're going to go over and be like, Hey, can I help you? Y'all right. want to say yeah, something? Of course. Cause next thing you know, I'm on TMZ in a vertical video. Like that's no good. Um, for, for you and the viewers. Yeah. But uh, so we went to this place uh, in Capitol Hill called Paquitos, which is this uh, poppin' Mexican spot. Apparently, we walk in, every table's full, except this one in the corner. We're happy to do it. Um, and so we're uh, I'm sitting along the corner, uh, so like the uh, the outer wall, right? So I'm looking on the inside of the restaurant, and Nicole's facing me, looking out the window. Reza, I'm not kidding. I counted three tables of people our age. Our age constantly staring at us. 
And then I got self-conscious. I was like, Nicole, is there something on my face? Is there something in my hair? Is there something wrong with what I'm wearing? Like, what's going on that would require this much sustained interest in us? That like, is really there was, weird, man. Yeah, there was one table behind her that was like one dude, two girls, everybody white. Um, we got another booth to my right because we're sitting like near the corner. And then like that's three dudes, one girl, and this other couple that seemed like they were on, like, a first or second date. Like, there was a table of Indian people right next to us. It seemed like it was either meeting the parents of the boyfriend or the girlfriend for the first time. And we were chill. We were mad chill. Like, we didn't say nothing to each other. We, like, respected each other's space. We didn't say nothing too loud. We didn't... Because, you know, when Nicole and I get to talking about certain things, it's just like, yo, listen, like... We got to realize that some stuff that we're saying probably isn't the smartest thing to say out loud or or in uh, in public. Like one of the hypotheticals we were talking about, I was like, dude, if you were close, if you had a really, really close friend, because we were talking about Matt Lauer. We were talking about all these sexual assault people uh, going down. Uh, and you know how like if you hit us all up in 20 years and we're all doing really well and some of us are in the public eye, you find out one of us is doing some shady shit. And it comes out, and then the the press is like, yo, did you know? And let's just say the answer to that is no, right? Let's just say for some reason you just never knew. Or not even for some reason. It's just like because you didn't work with them and you weren't in the industry, you didn't hear nothing. That's right. totally plausible. Yeah. But then you found out that, like, dude, like, he or she used their position of power, sexually assaulted people, doing some really bad shit. They, they lost their job. And they asked, did you know? You say no. Well, follow-up question. Can you still be friends with them? And, like, I think we both said no. Yeah. Like, the, the basis of friendship is you're a good dude, I'm a good dude, we're, we're good with each other, yada, yada. But if you, like, do some really nasty, shady, messed up stuff, like, the loyalty – loyalty is a two-way street, and you're the one that put this relationship in jeopardy by going out there and doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I shouldn't be behold- – like, I, I don't feel like I should be beholden – Joe Schmo, my best friend, who's like sexually assaulting women in 20 years and being like, yeah, well, he's my best friend. I got to go down with him. You know yeah, what I mean? No, no. It's because it's because you're, yeah, you're friends with people who have similar, not just like interests, but also morals and values as you. And if you find out that somebody that you know, like obviously they're going to be keeping it a secret, right? So if you had no idea, they kept it a secret from you for a reason because they knew you weren't down with that type of stuff or they did, they weren't sure. And let's just say that you're not down with that. They kept it, they kept it for you because they didn't, they knew that you were going to see that you were going to think negatively of them for it. So yeah, if, if it comes out, if it comes out that they're doing that type of stuff, yeah, you have every right to, to not want to hang out with that person again, to not want to be friends with them because they have messed up morals. They have, or they have messed up, uh, I guess, ethical values. If they think that that's okay or to them, it's fine. Then yeah, no. No, drop right. that, drop that like a bad habit real fast. You gotta drop that like a, exactly. You gotta drop that like a bad habit real fast. And you don't even know, like, in 20 years time, we all got families. How are you gonna, like, what are you teaching your kids by doing that kind of stuff? Right? Like, oh, like, there's like smarter ways to, like, I think that's an, the, the wrong slash inappropriate way to teach about loyalty is all I'm saying. Like, you're not beholden to people, uh, because of, the, because of this. Um, so we were talking about that and I'm, I'm using this as an example of like, cause at one point during the conversation, I said like, 
let's just use me as, as an example, Nicole. Like, you find out in 20 years' time. Because we were just going through, like, everybody in our lives. And we're like, dude, like, her. I mean, we were talking about it's basically, like, it comes down to what you were doing. Like, if you were abusing alcohol or drugs or whatever, you we can come back from that. You know, that it's not an easy road. But if you want support, it could be a possibility that we help sort of emotionally get you through rehab, get you back to where you were. But if it's, like, some sexual assault stuff, it's like, nah, bro, you on your own. You know what I mean? So all this to say, like, these are the types of conversations that we have, and sometimes you don't want to be having this conversation if your elbows can touch with the other people next <laughs> yeah. door. Right. Now, we weren't having these types of conversations. Place was mad loud, and we were just, like, relaxed and talking about, like, the, the our five favorite types of rice because we had, like, rice and beans with our tacos. And we're like, yo, what kind of rice do you mess with? So we're, like, having, like, just a very innocuous-style conversation, and then... Like, I just kept seeing, like, the two, like, the one table behind her that was, like, that one dude and these two girls. They're wearing ski jackets. It ain't that cold. Relax. Um, Just staring at us. Like, every time they drank a beer, they sort of, like, try and angle their body and look at me. And every time they did that, I looked right back at them and was like, you're not sly. Okay? This is, like, you're at, you're basically right there. I can see you see me. And I know you see me see you see me. You know what I mean? And so I just felt like I was under a magnifying glass. And normally when I go out, I don't care what's going on around me. I'm not paying attention to other tables. Sometimes you hear something that's funny or weird or whatever, but nothing that would demand my attention away from the person I'm eating with. But that night was hard because we could both feel all these eyes on us. And... I mean, I know the sample size is small, but, like, I didn't know that Seattle was like this. I thought Seattle was, like, all these technology companies, a coastal city, you know, weed-friendly, LGBT-friendly, like, all this stuff. Like, you you guys are pushing all this stuff. It's like, and you can't, like, it's, like, boggling your mind right now that, like, an Asian dude and a black woman's, like, out to dinner. Like, the Indian family next to me, they were cool. They didn't say nothing. They didn't do nothing. Spoke English the entire time. And like, y'all can't handle this? Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to come out here and, and put labels on this city. I'll put the label on the city which you privately reza. But like out here right now, I'm just saying there's something really fascinating about that experience. And then when we're in the Uber out of that restaurant to go to a bar because we needed to get beignets for for dessert. She was like, yeah, dude, it's like that all the time. Where everywhere I go, you can just feel it. She's just gonna sit, you just got to sit with your back back straight, held up high, and be like, yo, I deserve to be here just as much as you do. I got it. You got it. And I don't care if you don't like it that I'm here. And I go, I just, like, it unnecessarily makes me more aggressive to be, like, want to stand up and be like, yo, what are you looking at? Because that's the New York part in me that's, that won't take no shit like that. But you can't go to a different city and make a scene like that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it would just be easy to be like, yo, man, like, you blown this way out of proportion. You're just sitting right there. We ain't looking at you, yada, yada. And next thing you know, you got all these cameras. The second somebody sees something go down, you know cameras are coming up. Like, I'm, like I'm Kanye West and this, everyone's a paparazzi. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just, you, you can't court that kind of drama. But then, like, I'm also not willing to just sit here and just be like, "Yo, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say nothing to nobody." We went to this bar at the end, 
called RN74, which is a stellar bar. And we went in there, and it was like coming down on the the busy uh, cycle. But Nicole knew the bartender. The bartender was dope. He came ready with two glasses of wine, and this is where I started drinking. Like I drank a little bit of the wine, but you know I don't really mess with wine just yet. So I gave her the wine, and then uh, she she got so she drank two full glasses. One of my full glasses and like one, like maybe half of my glass. So she was like four and a half glasses of wine in. But then he also started making us cocktails because they're trying out new cocktails. And so they would make us like a little bit and they pour them into these small tumblers. But hey, go ahead, try some. Dude, I had this one with scotch and like some uh, egg whites, some allspice that tasted phenomenal and normally my palate's really good about just picking out the alcohol flavor and i don't really mess with that but when i drank this i was like dude this is like there's no alcohol in this and he goes there's a lot of alcohol in this and i was like it's not too sweet though he goes dude it's all about what you put in what order you put it in like how you treat all this stuff and i go dude this is dope and he goes all right let me let me let me give you something else he goes you like scotch and he goes all right so he gave me a nice pour. He gave me a shot of like this, like twelve year, uh, Lagavulin, and I was like, dude, this is. I said I like the drink. I do. I took a sip of this whiskey, and it felt like I was growing hair on my chest. Like the fire, <laughs> the fire inside when I drank this thing was so intense. I gave this to to Nicole's. Like you have this, man. I said I like the. I said I like the cocktail. I didn't say I like this shit straight. I'm not. I'm not old enough. I know the dinner stuff that I brought up was like not the best experience, but that's not like worthy of me like you know nursing my sorrows over a scotch like that. He came back with he came back with a with a mezcal drink, which is like in the tequila family, and tequila's tequila's like dangerous for me because I haven't had tequila in years. I feel like it's dangerous for everyone, from what I've heard. Right, but I'm also like thinking about it, like I've I've. I know I haven't been drinking a lot, but like, you know, I got some wine in me now. I had some scotch in me. Uh, now I'm moving on to mezcal. Like, we're just, we're just going all over the place right now. But this mezcal cocktail, dude, was so dope. It was like a little bit of mezcal, a little bit of honey, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I was like, dude, I can't even taste the mezcal right now. He goes, he goes, dude, there's a lot of mezcal in here. I go, so maybe I found it, dude. Maybe I found the drinks. Maybe guys, I gotta move away from gin. I gotta start doing. Uh, mezcal guys are doing some scotch. I don't know, but I could feel my heart beating. But maybe because of the amount of food I ate, I wasn't sleepy, so I could finally feel tipsy without like like that one night where we were were supposed to play Fortnite and I had a little bit of drink and I passed <laughs> out. Just passed out by myself on my sofa, you know. Um, so there's maybe that in play, but uh, man, like. A lot to drink that night, which is obviously very uncharacteristic, but I did say to Nicole that she's quite the enabler. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you know I'm very much not a drinker, but uh, that's kind of like if, if I were to drink, I feel like that's what I would – that's the type of stuff that I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not like Ron, Ron Swanson. I'm not going to be doing that like that type of whiskey, but uh, you know, you can make alcohol taste good. Yeah, but you but you have to, and it's not it's not even like it costs a terrible amount of money to do it. I think, I think people are just in such a rush and don't really care the matter of which they get drunk that they're gonna drink whatever garbage they find around. 
that's super cheap. At least this is like this is me referring to people like you know college age and such, you know, yeah, 20, early twenties to mid twenties. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it was a fun night to to sort of drink with everyone and talk to the bartenders and talk about all the cocktails they were having. Um, Do you our, think that experience is going to cause you to be able to fulfill one of those New Year's resolutions that you've had for like I don't know how many years now to drink? Yeah, more? right. I mean, I know that the I brought it up again. Nicole's like, "Well, this is why you're in Seattle, so I can help you reach your goals." Um, <laughs> probably not. Uh, I mean, when I went to bed, I didn't have a hangover. I didn't wake up with a hangover or nothing. So, I, uh, it was a good night. I got to taste a lot of cool things that I normally don't get to. Uh, I don't know if I will though. I'm also not like ever in the mood to want to go to a bar and grab a yeah. drink. Yeah, it's not something that you need to you need to do. Right. I would much way. rather go to a restaurant and eat food. <laughs> so yeah, there's that to contend with. But uh, yeah, so that was that night, and then we sort of commiserated. I was like, dude, I did not know that this is what you went through all the time. And I'm not trying to like blow this out of proportion or anything, but. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, my experience in Seattle, I was very positive overall. I never really felt that, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just a combination. Well, I mean, you say something that she says that she feels all the time, so I don't know, dude. It could be just the combination. It could be the places that we're going. It could could be be that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess you don't see it too often, like an Asian dude and a black woman um, together. Usually, Uh, people just assume two people, two older people of the opposite gender are a couple. Yeah, yeah, but then it's also like, well, we got people that are that are our age, and yeah, so, that's so weird. That is just—it's right? not something that's—it's not absurd to see that. It's not a weird thing. I think that, but I guess what I think is that there are certain there are probably certain pairings that people are more used to seeing, and think in certain pairs that people are just like, huh, I haven't seen that before. And it could just be the combination of a Chinese man and a black woman that is not as common as maybe a black and white person or, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it, it's certain, certain pairings and certain genders that maybe people find a little unusual. Regardless though, it just seems weird that people would react in any way. Like it's to me, that would be something I'm like, uh, oh, huh, you know, that's right. it. That's it. I should, I wouldn't be staring. I wouldn't be like, Wow, what the what the hell is this? You know, that is right. just, that is weird. And that's it's absurd. I don't even want to say weird. That's not weird. It's just wrong. It's it's it doesn't make sense. And I guess I was just really naive. I was just really naive to think that like you know you could just go to a city, like into a place where a lot of young people are and enjoy dinner and not feel like you're constantly being like examined by other tables. That's all. Yeah, that's all. But uh, the food was good. Our bar mezzanine, uh, Paquitos is not too good. The, the, the tacos were okay. Um, Nicole had the tacos al pastor. She said the meat was dry. And I didn't really like the sort of beer battered fish. It was a little, the beer batter was like really salty. Um, the best meal that we had though was the meal right before I flew out. So the next day, like, we got, we grabbed brunch and it was nuts. We got like some, pumpkin french toast we got some uh benedict egg or eggs benedict and we got some mac and cheese and then i guess we ate too much to the point where we went back we're like yo should we nap 
<laughs> yeah, let's let's get that let's itis, dude. Yeah, no, the itis hit us hard. Um, oh, before I get to that, the night before, uh, we worked out for a little bit, and I tried a Peloton bike. Man, those bikes are dope. Oh my yeah, god, so I want one so bad. Special? Describe this bike to me and to okay. our listeners. You basically. It's your standard exercise bike. It takes SPD clips. It takes the other type of clip, and it's got buckets to for like non clip in shoes. Uh, very okay. elegant bike in terms of a workout bike. Uh, it's all black. The resistance knob is red. Uh, it's got a twenty four or twenty seven inch flat screen built into it. Okay, um, that's in front this, of you. This is spelled P E L O T O N. By the yeah. way, for the people that want to look it up, Peloton. Yeah. And it's uh, a Peloton, from what I remember, is, you know, when you're watching the Tour de France, the main body of riders, when there's like that big amoeba mass in the middle, you're not talking about the leaders, you're not talking about the guys in the end, that main group of riders, that's the Peloton. That's the term for the big group of riders. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what you do is you can, anyone can create a username and password. Uh, And the classes are free. It's all about charging you for the bike. The bike is two grand. And there's about 8,000 classes that they have uh, sort of like on demand that you can get in. So like every class since the beginning of this company is video on demand. And you can search it by instructor. There's like a couple dozen instructors. You can do it by like 15 minute, 20 minute, 30, 40 an hour. Um, You can do like high intensity, low intensity. Um, one of their uh, instructors that Nicole really likes, uh, Ali Love, is also like the uh, spokesperson on the floor for the Brooklyn Nets. So she really likes her hip hop playlist. It's like really dope. So we did like a 30 minute thing and you can plug your headphones in and you basically go and they tell you like while you're riding. It basically feels like you're in the class with people who took the class in New York. So that's what I was about to say. Is this live? How does this like So like, you can just, okay. Yeah, there's about 8,000 video on the man of historical classes. But every day, dude, there are live classes that you can get in. And when you're logged in and you're writing, they will shout out username saying like, "Hey man, I see, you know, Reza Kweku is your 50th race man or, you know, Funky Fuzzman 11. I see you've been with me." Uh, this is like your, our 30th class together. I see you, man. You know, like they, they do a good job of keeping people who are not in the room engaged. That's cool. Yeah. So like if you live in the suburbs and you don't like the classes you got around you and you want to take like some elite spin classes like this, I mean, this is a great way to spend it. So you can either spend a two grand up front or they can do like a, a financing plan. Uh, that'll take a little over three years to pay off. Um, I think it's like a hundred bucks a month, but it's zero percent APR. So that's like, that's super simple. If it's zero percent APR over the entire course of your financing, yeah, like that's just a interest free loan. You know what I mean? Like that, uh, you can totally mess with that. Uh, but so we did it, and her music was dope. And I said to you when I was done, like, dude, if I lived somewhere and I didn't have access to a good gym with good classes for spin, I would totally buy one of these. And then if you think about it, like, I can wake up, I can log in, I can stay logged in, and I don't have to, like, leave my apartment. I don't have to go into the cold or into the rain. And you can just, like, bang out these classes. 
and they do a really good job of keeping your metrics and you know making it easy and there's like a really like awesome leaderboard aspect so as you're going through the class you can see yourself passing people um based on like your kilowatt output and so like the class that we took which was an earlier class that day on the first of december 400 people had already taken that class and by the time i was done with it like it was it got up to like 470 and i finished on the leaderboard in like 21st place wow i was like okay okay and it was it was a lot of fun dude i I, if you're ever in a place where you can try out a peloton bike like i really strongly suggest you 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 at least try it's free to create uh a username and password using the app uh but if you don't have access to the app they also have a subscription-based service for the classes themselves so i don't know like if it if you're willing to do the classes on a non-peloton bike because all their classes are sort of set up for the peloton bike and how they do stuff but like if i was doing this on equinox bike or a flywheel bike or or whatever or soul cycle bike and you paid like 15 dollars a month you could totally use those bikes and like have your phone like either in your pocket or like you know on the bike somewhere and just be like watch the class and do it on a separate bike like that i feel like is super plausible so high marks for the peloton bike i was that was like one of the main things i wanted to do in seattle besides eat and relax which is like i gotta try this peloton bike out man because I've got a buddy that works there, uh, and he goes, dude, I can, I can get you one for like 1500 uh, but I mean, you've seen my place. I ain't got no place for a <laughs> elite exercise bike. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually currently trying to look up at uh, UD whether what type of equipment they have if they have one of these. I, I mean, I would, I would be surprised if they did. I don't see anything right now. I feel like it would be something that they would kind of advertise. Yeah. But uh, – so I, I actually talked to you about this. Um, I was I was thinking about uh, I had actually canceled my membership at Retro Fitness and it was going to be joining the YMCA. Congratulations! I, I think I'm actually going to cancel that plan, or at least I'm not going to join the YMCA. I think what I might do, and I was just talking to Lane about this in the car. Um, UD University of Delaware has a gym for students, grad students, and blah blah blah. And I actually have to pay for this every semester, but I haven't been there since I was an undergrad here. Um. I think I might actually just pay for a parking permit near the gym and go work out there. Okay. I haven't completely decided. I mean, I could again, I can go there whenever I want, so I could just as easily drive over there and see how I how, what I think of it. They they've renovated since I was a student there, so I haven't seen what it looks like now. But the only problem with it is that it gets super packed. Like uh, you know, normal, normal gyms get really busy. You know, five six p.m. Sure. This gym gets really packed as well. I would never ever want to go there after like the afternoon classes kind of end. I mean, pretty much the same rush hour type of deal. Five o'clock is when a lot of people go there. I would only ever go there probably during lunch. And then I have that whole awkward thing of trying to figure out, okay, how, how do I want to do like this whole like showering thing? Um, cause you know, we talked about what do you do with your slippers? You know, your slippers get wet. You keep them in your bag. Yeah. I don't really, you know, yeah. So I wipe my slippers off. I get a whole towel and I wipe them off real good. So have you been showering at the gym now? I shower sometimes on Wednesdays because uh, okay. I take the afternoon class. And so yeah. the walk home is like f- – the walk home can be about 35 minutes. And when it gets – when it's going to invariably get a ton – like a lot colder, I am not walking home 
with like a wet hat and like wet clothes underneath my jacket. So I've uh I bring a pretty big gym bag on Wednesdays and I'll just do the full change. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, well I'll bring my slippers and I'll and I'll wipe them down cuz I don't want to have like my wet slippers no. in my bag. Like that's no, just gross. Definitely not. Yeah. Um oh, so the best meal that I had in Seattle was the meal that I had right before I left. We went to this place called Sushi Kashiba. Um, K-A-S-H-I-B-A, I want to say. It's in Pike Place. Uh, one of the head guys who works there used to work for Jiro in Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Um, so there's one guy in New York uh, who opened up a place that used to work with Jiro too. Sushi uh, Nakazawa. Uh and that place is like super hard to get because you want to sit at the bar so you can talk to him and <laughs> yeah. um yada yada. And so we walked in and we're like, "Yo, we don't have a reservation, but you guys do walk. You guys do do walk-ins for uh for two people." He goes, "Yeah, you know, it's gonna be about forty minutes. We got a place at the bar for you two, front row center." And I was like, "Oh, great." Um, we, so we went and grabbed a drink at the Pink Door, um, which was surprisingly it was like supposedly very touristy, but. There, it felt like it was only locals in there because I guess the, it started to rain pretty badly. Um, got this food is not that expensive. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Sushi, uh, Kashiba, yeah, Kashiba, yeah. So the yeah, a la carte menu is not bad at all. Yeah. However, do you see the omakase shout out on that menu? Uh, yes, I do. Market price subject to availability includes miso soup and traditional egg. Yeah, tamago, right? Yeah. So there's no price for the omakase. You yeah. go as long as you want. And so Nicole and I were like, yo, listen, like, we're hungry. Let's get it. And it was funny because there was another couple right next to us that had just started. So we're basically, we, we, the both of us got served at the same time. So we sort of had a little bit of like conversation, yada, yada. But we, it was mostly just Nicole and I talking. There was a lot of like, he took it like those hand torches. And would throw a little bit of salt on the fish, and then would just sort of torch the fish so you were cooking it. Uh, I mean, I had like mackerel, I had some king salmon, uh, I had I had some oysters, I had some shrimp tempura, um, I had some uni, some like some uh, some sea oyster, uh, sea, sea urchin. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of very very beautiful, really rich and fatty uh fish and it was quite possibly one of the best sushi meals of my life wow hands down like that is saying a lot right there yeah like you know it was it was an incredible meal and we probably had like i want to say at least 16 pieces like okay. I was full at the end of this thing. I mean, there's rice under everything, right? And there's like, right. there's no soy sauce. There's no uh, wasabi that you got to do. He does everything for you. So wait, how does he do this? He he he, he th- makes it and then he puts it on a plate in front of you. Okay. Yeah. So he'll show. He'll tell you like what kind of fish we're having. I'll be like, all right, we're doing like some. We're doing this kind of tuna. And this is where on the tuna it comes from. And this is how we're going to prepare it. 
and he shows you him preparing one and he prepares four more and then so like we each get served at the same time and sometimes he'll do multiple rolls at the same time he goes all right you gotta eat this from right to left no soy sauce i got you it's already on there like i've already nice. brushed it on there Nice. Um, he goes, I, I want you to eat this in two bites. I want you to eat this in one bite. I want you to mix this with the soup and do this and that. And, um, you know, the miso soup that it came with had like a lot of mushrooms in it, but also had a lot of seafood and it came in like a nice little clay pot. So, or a clay teapot. So you could pour out the broth and drink it like tea and then also eat at the same time. And so certain rolls or certain sort of pieces, sashimi pieces in the middle were meant to, Go and pair up with that miso soup. Dude, when that bill came, it was incredible. I was not <laughs> ready for that number. Really? Dude, oh really? my God. It was. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, we both looked at the menu. We knew we were both going to do the omakase. So, going in, I knew that the omakase was going to be it. And you think to yourself, all right, this dude, like, we're going because of the dude's name. Like, it's going to be expensive. I'm saying easily over a hundred dollars per person. Mm-hmm. That's and from an omakase in New York standpoint, that's standard, right? Like seventy dollars omakase in New York is like holy shit, that's value. And like right. a lot of omakase places, like that sushi nakazawa places, like I think one ninety. So it's like okay, so you get a sense of like the the, the neighborhood that we're working with, right? Yeah, yeah. This was like two fifteen a person. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was my exact reaction. Yeah, you know the uh, the the comedians At least and cars is included. Hey, <laughs> I saw that on the on the uh, on the yeah. Menu a I lot of people it. do that. A lot yeah, of people I do love, that. I love it. I love I it. Love it so much. Just throw it in. Doesn't need. There's nothing awkward now. No, absolutely yeah. not. It's like that uh, Seinfeld bit in uh, comedians and cars. You ever look at the menu? Uh, look at the bill, and your eyes get really big, and then you away. <laughs> That's what I did. I looked at the menu. And go what? Okay, we good. Yeah. Uh, did not expect to spend that much money right before I flew out. But a, I don't have to eat at the airport. Always a plus. Um, yeah, considering food at the airport is probably going to cost you about a hundred dollars anyway. Right. And I got to spend some time with my friend. It was a great restaurant. Like if you're ever in the neighborhood or as a and you're in, like don't sleep on sushi Kashiba, man. That that is that's up there, man. That's up there with with some of the best sushi I ever had in my life. Yeah, I looked it up. I. It is very close to like where I, around the area where I was. Um, but I don't think I ever saw it. I don't think I ever noticed it. Um, it was in some alley, uh, post alley or something. Um, so it was a little tucked away, but once you see it, you'll, you'll be able to do it and make sure you sit at the bar and not at the table. Cause I don't think like the whole point about the omakase is not only, I'm sure you can get omakase service at a table, but you want to be able to talk to him, you know? He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, really he'll cool. look at it and he goes, what do you think about that? And I go, dude, you killing it out here, man. Um, but so like, it was really good to be able to interact with him and, and get that feeling. It, it, it's kind of a blue hilly feel, but not as involved as we had together, you know? Yeah. So, so that's sort of the thing. Um, when I, when I flew out from JFK, I got to the, uh, I got to the gate with about 20 minutes before boarding. And when I left Seattle, I basically got to that gate about 20 minutes before boarding. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, I timed it perfectly. Like, we were done dinner at around 9. Boarding was at 10.40. I didn't leave a place until about 9.30. Got there at around 10. 
made it through security, made it onto the shuttle train to get from one terminal. I got in like Terminal A or whatever. I had to go to Terminal S that required a shuttle transfer. I get to my gate with about 20 minutes to spare, man. And it wasn't a full flight. So there was a seat open between me and the woman who sat in the... Uh, the best. Oh, dude. And it was only a four-hour, 45-minute uh, flight. Red eyes are brutal, man. I mean, they I know you were brutal. talking about it at the beginning when you were, you know, you, you had to take a nap today. But yeah, yeah they're brutal. Yeah. Called red eyes for a reason. Exactly. Um, I got to say, I, I, when you told me how late you were leaving to get to the airport to go from JFK, I was surprised that you were leaving as late as you did, as you, you, were, you said you were going to. And I know, I know you did leave like 15, 20 minutes earlier than that. Right. But it goes to show just the, the power of TSA pre-check, I think, too. It, it, there's just consistency in general, I think, with that, where you can actually time things appropriately at the airport. You, you know, you can, you don't have to say, oh, what if security's backed back up and I gotta wait an hour? That's not really a thing. Exactly. And especially when you're not checking a bag. I mean, it was a short trip for you, so you have no need to check a bag anyway. When you don't have to check a bag and there, it's just another less, it, it's one less variable because you never know if check, if checking the bag, if there's gonna be a stupid line for that. I feel like more often than not, um, I end up having to wait a longer time to check my bag than waiting through to, to go through security. It's nuts, right? Yeah, it's just like, you know, do I really, like, why is it so long? It's so many, I don't know, man. I, I, it's, it's not just like checking the bag. It's not just the process of checking their bag. There's always some people that need to take up like 15 minutes of one agent's time. And so that, that person is out of commission. And now you have, you know, these 50 people that need to go through two people. Yeah. And obviously always maximize not, um, uh, like it's, you'll die a thousand deaths waiting in some of these lines. Yeah, you uh, will. So especially when you're in a rush, I can't like, uh, you, you know, do you, are you friends with any people that leave, that leave and miss flights? All right. Let me, let me restate that question. Have you ever, or are you friends with people that miss their flights a lot? No. Okay. You? I know people that miss flights. I mean, my, my sister, my, my sister has missed a few flights in her, in her time. And I'm just like, why do you leave so late when you know, like, this is a thing that's happened not just once, not just twice. You know, it's happened before. So why do you do this to yourself? Why do you stress yourself out like that? You know, I, I will plan to get there super early because I would rather just sit there for an hour and a half, take my time, get some food. And then just chill, listen to podcasts, you know, browse my computer, play video games on the Switch now that I could do that. Right. You know, do whatever because it's not worth it to get there so late and then be stressed and have that anxiety just trying to get to, to trying to get to my destination. But, you know, that's just me. I, uh, I know, uh, Casey and I stat, he and his wife, they're always late, man. Every single time this man flies all the time. Like every other video, I feel like he's, it's centered around him flying to some other country and he's always documenting the process and he's always running late every single time. It's crazy. I don't can't get up on that, dude. That's a, uh, that's not a good look. I don't think I've ever missed a flight because of me. I've missed yeah, connections, but that was not obviously because of me. I'm yeah. That was not on you. Hey, what are you going to do about it? Right. right. Um, I've missed a flight. I think one time in recent memory and it was because um 
it was, I was flying to California with my my uh, my mom, my younger and my younger two siblings, and my mom was like, "Okay, we got to leave the house at like five a.m. or whatever, because it's like an eight a.m. flight or whatever it was." We got to the airport, and I had never seen the security line so long. It was stretching, like it. it the oh, security no. line went over the overpass. You oh know, when, when you're, no! When you're dropping when you're dropping people off at the airport, it literally went to the door to the parking garage, and we were we we ended up missing the flight. I was so mad. Because I was ready to go, and like my brother was still sleeping, and I'm like, "Why yeah. haven't we left? Like we were supposed to have left an hour ago." It's uh, that I mean that's Brazil. Yeah, yeah, that was close. That was really close. Um, thankfully they saw our stuff and was like, "Yo, no, you gotta go to the front of the line now." And I go, "V uh, P," yeah. but uh, but yeah, it was crazy. That was crazy. Overall, great trip to Seattle. It's always fun to see a friend. Uh, a little disappointing about some of the stuff that we experienced and ran into, but otherwise, like, you know, it is what it is. Um, you would think that being in New York this long, I would have not stood for a lot of this, so I just didn't know what I could do. I felt like my hands were tied. Um, I didn't know what I could do and not end up on TMZ. You know what I mean? <laughs> or end up on public freakouts or, or whatever. Um, and so that's, that it is what it is. Um, it's not like, it's not like I'm not going to go back. Um, if anything, I would love to go back again, like the next night and just like, just sit with my chest out even more to be like, yo, I'm out here. If you got, if you got something you want to say, you come say it. Uh, but that, that's a learning experience for me though. So yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's it. It was a great weekend though. And I'm happy that I'm back. December in full swing, uh, and let's get it. We'll we'll see what we uh, let's see what we can do these next few weeks. Yeah, man, sounds good. Cool. All right, well, I think we'll wrap it up here then, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right, well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.